Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordic Podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Nordics to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. I'm Charlotte Roberts and I help businesses thrive by connecting with top data freelance talent. And today, I'm your host. This podcast is a very special one because we're live in Stockholm in the workshop office. So thank you very much, Martin, for having us today. And of course, we're going to be talking about how to build a successful data culture. So before we go ahead and jump into the podcast questions, I'll just go around the table and ask everybody to introduce themselves. So if Martin, if you'd like to introduce yourself first, that'd be great. I'll be happy to. Yes, my name is Martin and I'm working at a, a workshop. I've been working within retail services for about 15 years, a mixture of working on business sides and the data and digital side. Um, my passion is really both in work and, and also privately is really to find the how can data, tech and people and behavior that people do turn into performance. Um, that's really what I'm trying to perfect in my in my profession. Uh, privately, uh, I have a big passion for cooking. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much for that introduction. Serge, if you'd like to introduce yourself, that's sure. great. Uh, my name is Serge. Um, I work at Pricer. Pricer is a company that uh, manufactures and designs electronic shelf labels. Uh, we also do uh, uh, indoor geo positioning and a shelf vision to detect gaps in in uh, in shops um my passion is really work i love work uh, and working with data is one of the the best things i know uh from a my private passion is something i discovered about seven years ago and it's uh calisthenics so it's uh body weight training a lot of control over your body technique and uh yeah train every morning at six o'clock in the morning cool wow (laughs) thank you very much for that introduction and johan would you like to introduce yourself yeah sure uh so my name is johan bergman so i'm uh, the founder and ceo at uh, data edge so we're a small boutique uh, firm working consultancy firm working with data analytics so mainly help, helping our clients to gain value from from data analytics so currently i'm he- helping a major nordic bank uh, their advanced analytics and ai function how they should do their ways of working um yeah uh, on my my biggest passion uh, privately is playing competitive bowling um <laughs> and i actually just switched from going like playing with one hand to playing with two hands so i'm a, like a rookie again so that's kind of a little bit how i see both like the professional and private side, I like to learn new things and kind of challenge myself. So, yeah, cool. Nice. Thank you very much for that introduction. And Ying, excuse me, and Ying, last but certainly not least, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Ting Zhao and I work at the Easy Park Group. So Easy Park is the company where we offer mobile parking payment services. I believe maybe some of you have used our product. Hope you like it. Uh, yeah, so we have a, a service at uh, over 20 uh, countries all over the world, but the headquarter is at Stockholm. So I work there as a head of uh, analytics, so where my team uh, is trying to uh, empower the organization with the data-driven uh, decision-making and the data products. Nice. Thank you very much for that introduction. 
Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, a Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So the first question is uh, submitted by Serge. So um, where do you start when implementing and educating a data-driven culture? So if you'd like to give a bit of background behind this question. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the background to that question, it seems to be a very naive question, but but different companies are at different stages in their development. A lot of new companies like, like let's say, Easy Park are built already ra- around data, while other companies that are much older um, have not jumped on that train at the beginning of their existence. And there is a lot of resistance in adopting uh, a data culture. So my, my question relates to, well, what do you do when you have the situation of an older company that needs to, to start data-driven decision-making? Yeah, and for me, and uh, I've seen kind of both sides of the, of the <laughs> swear, but like, really mature companies or and less mature companies. I think one big thing is actually kind of the responsibility for the question. Like in many like traditional companies, it kind of falls under the IT manager or something like kind of way down in the in the organization. I think it's really important that there is somebody having a responsibility for the question high up in the organization, um, both because it's, a, it's such an important topic that it should take place in the management team um, but also to actually get the get the like budget and like the the buy-in and mandate to actually drive those type of questions um, so i have an example when i so um i was cdo at uh, telian equi uh, when they started up and they actually did that they kind of separated the it manager role and and had one data analytics officer in the management team and one like it uh, head of it in the management team and it gave kind of clear direction that this is separate things like data analytics is one thing IT is another thing, and I think that's really important to actually start driving the data culture uh, and kind of yeah having somebody owning the responsibility. So the responsibility part is the main driver for me. I think the first thing you want to get in place uh, when starting the the journey. Yeah. I tend to agree uh, to that because uh, a lot of the uh, companies that actually do start to implement the data culture or to adopt the data-driven decision-making have a tendency to put that on somebody that doesn't have the skills to actually drive that. And it kind of, kind of dies because that person is incapable of driving the entire enterprise uh, on that. So the separation between the IT and the data, I think, is really an essential part of that. I I totally agree as well. I think the I find it very interesting in the the collaboration. Uh, so referring to, to to my question that comes later, the the uh, collaboration between data, IT, and business. Yeah. Uh, 
who who's driving this whole process, who's actually setting the requirements in terms of what data, what tech is then is then needed. I think it's really, really important that there are drivers from from all those roles and also that they have a really good collaboration to set what are the the recommendations. There some of the things that that we have done because we've also been on a really, really interesting and and uh, long journey around changing our our data culture. And more specifically, what we've done is we focused on first trying to make the data stack very, very simplified. So really talking to business about okay, what what are we doing here? What are the what's the strategy? What's the objectives? And making sure that it's aligned. With that, so that's one thing that I find essential to make sure that you have the data stack that's aligned and simple. Next up, uh, looking at the whole tech stack, because we we find it very important that uh, you need to have data automa- automated as much as possible to reduce kind of the we call the time to insight. Uh, because when there's when there's a lot of data and the tech stack is not really working well, it takes so long time to get the data that you need, then people are not hesitant. Uh, they are hesitant to use the data and then it doesn't get the opportunity to create. And then next up, the whole kind of people part on behavior. And one of the things that we're focusing on there is, is I'm not sure if you're familiar with this law diffusion of innovation. Maybe you've heard of Jeffrey Morris uh, crossing the chasm where he talks about focusing on the early adapters first. So that is part of what we're doing to kind of, at least in my team, to, to really talk to those who are keen on doing it, uh, keen on being data-driven, creating value from data. Because also if, you know, just presenting data for them doesn't really create any value. It's, it's not until they actually act upon it <laughs> uh, that it creates uh, any value for, in, in our case, mostly for our clients that want to to create a lot of value for Well, I think, uh, you know, building a data culture, this is a journey, right? This is not a one-day thing. It's a journey. And, uh, and uh, the most important thing order to start with, uh, uh, I would say, is to get the leadership commitment. Yeah. It's like it's it's a if we consider as a journey where we're going to sail the boat to somewhere. If we as crew members all have the ideas how best we can do, but the captain is not part of this decision, it won't go well. So I think whether or not you have the leadership commitment in the beginning, largely will impact how smooth or how difficult this journey will be. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I fully agree. Uh, and in m- many cases, I think there's um, just two things that's needed, like education on that part. I, I think uh, you're fully sure, like a CEO that actually understands and kind of values the data analytics part. I think that's really important. And if that isn't in place, you need to educate <laughs> until like the CEO gets it. Because I think it's really easy to yeah destroy a data culture if like the top management isn't working with the <laughs> data driven. Uh, so I think like transparency around metrics and kind of uh, yeah, round data is really important. I also think like leading by example as well, like uh, when people and parts of the organization isn't working uh, in a data-driven manner and isn't focusing on on outcomes, but on output, I think it's really important that like data analytics leaders actually are a bit uncomfortable and kind of push back and kind of say like, we won't build this solution before we know the problem. Uh, 
I think that's a really part, important part also in the data-driven culture that somebody has to be a little bit uncomfortable and kind of push the organization forward uh, in becoming it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And also that, you know, it's I strongly believe it's about creating those those habits and routines to actually talk about data. There's a lot of potential barriers and, and risks involved with data because you can often get into a reporting culture where it's just about sending some numbers to someone somewhere, yeah. rather than actually using data and talk about data, being curious about the data. So, so I totally agree that how data is talked about, which is heavily influenced by the management, uh, is is so important, so great. Even if the you know data driven sounds like more fact based, mm. we still need a storytelling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Because analytic is so much more than reporting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I read about uh, I read some somewhere that that said rather than using the term data driven positions, then talk about decision driven data, which I kind of liked very very much. Uh, that perspective on it, that it's it's the business that drives yeah. it. It's, yeah. It shouldn't be the data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree on that, that the business shouldn't be the driver of a lot of things because we as data scientists uh, and people knowing data, there are so many things we can do with that, the, the data stack that is available, but it doesn't always meet what the, the, the business goals. So understanding the business goals and having a, a management team that understands what the, the end game of the business is, is really essential because that, that allows us as a team to focus on the really important data. Uh, I usually call that the, the, the golden projects because these are the ones that will uh, um, generate good outcomes uh, for the goals and to focus on that. And back to the, the uh, having a, a management that understands what this is, is really essential. I, I usually have them as my ambassadors throughout the organizations because they are the ones that will mostly convince everybody in the organization uh, on, on what is important. I myself ha have a, a, a stake in that. So what I usually do is I have seminars, teachings, and uh, and things like that to, to, to show the importance of, of, of the data. No, I think it's a good approach. And I think both like, how do you best gain like trust in data analytics actually to show actual business value? And I think that is our task as well. So, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of data analytics teams are quite bad at focusing on the, the results you want to achieve. Yeah. Uh, so like choosing the golden projects, as you call it, I think that's a really, it's a good approach. And that, I think that, that is a part of the profession that you need to focus on the business value and not on only the solution. Um, and, and, and the thing is as well, when you, when you're talking about the data culture compared to, to actually managing the, a data team or the data within a company, uh, when you don't have the right culture, it can also be something that drives a lot of costs and inefficiencies because when you are having a real, a big focus on, you know, Quick insights, reporting, and, and, and it's, it it doesn't you don't really have to focus on the value. It, it becomes a lot of work. There's a lot of manual work yeah. within it, so it doesn't it's not scalable, and it 
costs a lot of money. There's a lot of, it takes a lot of time to get the insights for the people in it. They become not interested in actually using the data actively. And Tatna. No, I, I just, just uh, echo on that. And I think this also matters how you set up organization-wise. Does the organization consider data and analytics as a supporting role, or you are standing alone function has your own strategy, your own roadmap for how you should, uh, you know, return value to the business? You're not there just to, you know, support. Yeah. And that mindset is also super important to have the leadership commitment on that uh, to set it in the right way from the beginning. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. And- as you said before, it's it's a journey, and every, every company is at a different place. So I think like some companies need to focus super heavily on kind of getting the focus on the business value, and some companies have that, and they need to focus maybe on the tech stack or something. So like have a clear strategy for what you want to achieve, and kind of staff your data analytics team according to that. Is it more technical people, or is it more like I don't know generalists and product ma- product owner, product manager that you need because you need to just go out to the business and sell the data that they need to be kind of outcome focused and so on. So I think, yeah, you're totally right on the strategy part. Nice. Well, it leads us nicely onto our uh, next question now then as well. Um, so what are the main characteristics of effective collaboration between data, team, IT, and business, and who has what responsibilities? Martin, if you like to give a bit of explanation behind this question and then yes discuss. i hinted a little bit about it uh, before because it's it's all interconnected in some way but um, the the reason behind this is that uh, when you work together with as, as as we kind of said that it's important to have that good collaboration between those is that how do you balance the simplicity in it because it has to be understandable it doesn't it shouldn't become too complex and too complex for for two data <laughs> in uh, nerdy in the, in that sense um, and also this immediate ins the, the desire for immediate insights versus this long-term business development who is it that sets the requirements for different data solutions and so on if the if if that balance is not optimal how do you go about you know trying to organize that the, Maybe, maybe drive the interest in business if if that's not uh, present enough to to be data driven analytics. I mean, I hear two questions there. Right? Yeah. One is on collaboration between different domains, like in business, data, and tech. Uh, on that one, to have a cl- smooth collaboration or a good collaboration, I think the important thing is to set a clear ownership. Yeah. If it's a one piece of thing we want to achieve together, who owns which part of it? However, that is set straight in the beginning, then people know, you know, where's my goal here? What is my take on this? How do I contribute? Especially when it's around data, if you are collaborating with people who are not in a data profession, they can get lost quickly. Yeah. Uh, but, but very easy thing observing different organizations that whole data, for example, data quality, as long as the things is related to the word data, there must be data team's responsibility. That's just something wrong, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, we have to understand, okay, where is this data from? Who is generating data? Tech team, the dev team? Yes, you're the generator of data. You are in control of the data quality. Who is benefiting from 
the results from working on this data, productive business stakeholders, then you are also a part of this whole data quality thing. What it is to generate, what is missing there? So mm-hmm. it's in the collaboration, but with a very clear ownership or who owns what. And on the the second one, that who drives it? So I think that really depends. Depends on where you are at your journey. If you're in the beginning, I would say that we need this leadership in data analytics to get exposure, to get the education, you know, to get the words out how we work with data. Because most people are not uh, experts on these areas. But if you're a bit more mature, you have your way of working, and you have a team established, and you want to go step further. Then there, I would think, you know, roles like a data product manager should be stacked in. We should treat this as a product as well. Then, you know, obviously this person should be the the order to drive everything you want around this piece of product. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Regarding like the collaboration part, I think it's really important that you make it a team effort that you focus on business problems and like data analytics is one part of the toolbox it's not every solution so just because you have a hammer you don't have to go run looking for nails <laughs> so i think it's important that you're a part of that conversation so yeah. you can actually hear like okay this is a problem where actually data analytics is would be the solution in other parts like it's not and then i shouldn't try to force the business to use data analytics or machine learning uh, model or whatever so i think making a team effort and focusing on, on like getting the culture to focus on problems instead of solutions, like in the first step, I think mm. it's really important to start a collaboration. But then, as you said, like, I think to have a kind of clear process, uh, especially within the data analytics area, I think it's sometimes a little bit com- complex for the for the business. And like, you can, there's a lot of buzzwords and stuff like that. So have kind of a clear process and try to keep it as simple as possible, as you said, Martin, as well before, uh, so people understand what it is and what it can be used for, uh, I think yeah. it's important. Otherwise, it will create silos and kind of this and you know, us and them and so on. So I think, yeah, I think that's an important part. Be open and try yeah. to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. yeah, I think that the communication between the different stakeholders is really important. The uh, business, the data team needs to understand uh, that the business goals, identify what data will be uh, uh, useful for that, make clear the data requirements, to the IT team and make sure that the, the IT team understands what that means in order to uh, be for them to be able to express well what are the technical constraints that follow uh, uh, the acquisition of that data uh, and also it is not the data team's uh, um, responsibility to to make sure that the infrastructure for getting that data is is met. This is something that the IT team needs to do. And once everything, all the parties understand what their responsibilities are, then you can start doing the work on the data and then it's a loop back to the business. I think that the communication between the different stakeholders is really essential there. Yeah. Some uh, good good points. I, I agree with uh, with all of that and some 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 good ideas as well. And what what we have been focusing a lot on is also that collaboration between and making sure that it's team teamwork. Yeah. So so for us especially, we've 
we've tried to really push for asking asking these business questions about be be in the discussions, be in the the dialogues uh, with the clients as well. To say like what what are we going what's going on here? Why is it going on? And what can we then do about it? What is the actual points that's going to be taken from this? And it can they can quickly you can quickly come with like it's an it's an order form between uh, business data and and IT, which at least from our experience it doesn't really work that optimally because it it becomes difficult to understand each other. So so they, yeah. all those teams needs to be kind of very closely collaborating to understand the business, to understand what data is then needed, what IT is then needed to do that, and what can we do, iterate from that. Mm. So, uh, and I fully agree, and I think I might touch upon a future question, but like one thing we implement now, like look at it as a, like a more a product management process. So I don't know if you heard about like double diamond or triple diamond, uh, which is like, we start off more kind of problem definition phase or exploration and problem de- definition phase. Then you go into like solution exploration and then solution definition phase. And then you actually do like the, um, the development and like, so that kind of puts a clear focus on like the problem in the beginning and not like, kind of jumping on solution and building stuff. And then afterwards you realize, okay, but this isn't creating value at all. So yeah. I think that's like having a clear, clear process that is, and it's not like a data analytic process, like it's a team effort it, like in the problem exploration phase you need business it you need everybody like you need to understand what data you have and so on so yeah. i think kind of having that makes it easier to have a team effort as well and kind of clarify responsibilities within the process as well related to to that i've noticed that for the past years and so on it there has been kind of a tendency to move away from like data modeling because there's so many uh, new technologies like AI, machine learning, and, and stuff like that. So we just build a big data lake and then have a lot of data there, and then we can use it for whatever we, we need. But I, I truly believe that the data modeling part is so important as well, because having having business data and IT to talk together constantly to say, okay, how can we continuously adjust the model and build it from that is just so important to have an understanding of how does these pieces fit together what are we trying to achieve having a good performance strategy a good methodology on why we're doing the things that we do uh, and then you know constantly challenge those things as well together i completely agree on that and that was one of the first thing i did when i i started at price earnings to make to be very clear about the fact that we would not gather all data just because it's gatherable. Yeah. Uh, you need to really identify what the business goals are short and long term to understand what kind of data model you're going to build. And one of the things that it also does is that it saves you from potential legal problems in the future. We handle data from 22,000 stores, the customer data. If we started to gather all day data and save that, we could end up in a really, really, really big problem legally. So making sure that you're gathering the data that you know you will use and potentially 
be able to add data afterwards is really key to that because managing all that data and ensuring the quality of all that data uh, becomes a real issue and a very costly thing. So I completely agree with you. The, the not jumping into gathering just because it's impossible to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've, we've seen the same as like, so sometimes it's, we're, we're jumping a little bit too much into, to different questionnaires, what should be there, yeah. but it's, it's difficult to, to say whether this piece of data is good if you don't have an understanding of well what is it actually going to be used for how is it actually going to support the strategy and what you're trying to do mm -hmm. uh, so getting that in place first and having a really clear alignment of what that is is we'll be best but it's a tough thing it's a tough thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i fully agree you need to understand what kind of decision you are trying to affect uh, trying to affect to understand yeah. kind of how does it need to be 100% correct or could it be like something you're fully, and I, I agree on you on the trend as well. I think you see that the last couple of years, like I have had clients that comes like, we need, we want to have a data lakes. Like, why, what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to do financial reporting. Yeah, I think you need to have, have data model as well. So yeah, I fully agree on that. Um, yeah. And that's also something that, you know, coming back to the whole management sponsorship and support, and active support in this is, is to have this, what we've been working on is, is also this overall like performance strategy. Well, aside of that is more having a decision support uh, framework. And that is something that kind of encapsulate the whole business mm. on how we're actually working, why we're doing the things that we do. So that has been an important key for, for us to frame it, to, to model the things and to know, okay, but then we, we have this these pieces and we have this type of yeah. tool to, to create that and it, it makes decisions so much <laughs> easier in, in a way um to because you can set them in a in a context yeah yeah and here i think it goes back to kind of education part as well i think it's important to educate what data analytics can do but also kind of what are the conditions that need to be met in order to do that as well so i think a lot of companies or like management team doesn't know like what effort is it like it's easy to just like start building power bi like uh reports and creating like thousand data models within the, each power bi application but like actually kind of saying like no this is not a good approach this shouldn't be the strategy we need to do a data model that can be re reused yeah. i think that's part of education as well so it's not just like looking for like what what can you create, but also kind of what do you need to actually get that in place as well? Uh, so you can actually have the mandate and budget and resources you need to, to get it in place. So it's not like unrealistic expectations, like from the management team stuff. Now you know, implement AI and you don't have any money or budget or people doing it. So yeah, yeah, dashboards is another very interesting <laughs> topic that can you know be you can have very successful dashboards and you can have less successful dashboards. Yeah, we, we also believe here that it's like as simple simple as possible. But then it's also important to know what are you trying to what what do you want to monitor, rather than just putting a lot of data and a lot of visualization into a dashboard. Yeah, because it's not understood and it's not accessible. Yeah, uh, we have this thing every time we create a dashboard. We have quite a lot of things on them, and then we 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 go 
to the organization, to the people that will consume uh, the content and say, well, is that interesting? Yeah. It's not, then we'll remove it. Uh, so because, as you say, overflow of information to people that are not educated in, in, in data uh, is more harmful than beneficial uh, because it makes whatever they see totally useless to them. Uh, and then we have different stakeholders, so we have different types of, depending on who's the consumer. You have to understand who is go going to consume what you're producing. Yeah. Well, um, but um, that is more the your organization's data literacy level. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, so depends on the level. Uh, you could have uh, set up in a different way how you work with your stakeholders. Yeah. But this is also the other, you know, the the corner, like the the core the component of a successful data culture yeah. is on the data literacy position. I truly believe it is the data and analytics functions uh, mission. One of their missions is actually to level up the literacy of the organizations. So education, through collaboration, through communication, showcase, and we'll be patient because eventually the return will be so high. Of course, of course. We we never release anything without having a, a seminar showing what the content to the, the stakeholders and trying to level up, as you say, uh, uh, people's uh, uh, knowledge of what data can produce. Absolutely. I, it's a very, very good point. I, ask, I, I totally agree with that. One of the often overlooked competencies, both, both when it comes to data literacy in the organization, but also in a data team, I think is actually storytelling. Yeah. On that. So how do you actually communicate that thing? One thing is having a dashboard. That's where you can kind of monitor it. And it should be simple and easy to understand. But when you, in other contexts, present the data, how are you, are you just putting in some data and then for people to interpret in the way they want? Or are you actually sitting down thinking about what kind of story do I want to tell? And then base the PowerPoint or whatever you are making around that uh, I think it's it's a, such an important piece to make sure people understand it and they really want to go and to see see the business value as well from from what comes out. Yeah, and it touches back on what you said before as well. Like there isn't any value in data analytics if it if it, it doesn't isn't uh, changing some decision or some process or something. And if, so you need to guide the business, I think, as well in that aspect. So I think you're fully correct on on that part. And yeah, I think. I think data analytics teams can take a bigger actually role in that kind of driving the more decision making and the storytelling around it um, mm. uh, than they, they actually have in many places now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We'll move on now to uh, the next question. Um, so what best practices do you have in place currently to, cre to create a data driven culture? Yes, so I was more thinking to, you know, share experiences mm -hmm. and we can learn from each other. But on the other hand, also like this is about culture. Uh, can we generalize to what's level? Because different companies, different size, different business domain, you know, traditional or startup, you know, all different. And the culture, it's such a, can be organization, but it's also very deep down to detail and individual thing. Um, are there things that we can share with each other and can we generalize 
not to a formula, but to certain things that can be applicable to all type of companies, something like that. No. I think so. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> one is probably like kind of embrace and celebrate failure. Like uh, I think data analytics is like a hypothesis-driven uh, profession. So and everything won't pay off. So I've seen companies where like the like the expectations are really bad because somebody said, oh, okay, this will create hundred millions in value or something. Mm. Uh, but it's un- uncertainty about everything, and you actually need to kind of celebrate that or kind of show it and talk about it and show that everything isn't a success case, but it's learnings. So you need to learn continuously. So kind of, yeah, I think that's applicable to all type of companies and sizes, I would say. Yeah. I think also the, the part about asking, being persistent in, in asking about what's what's the outcome, what's the value, what's like, so what <laughs> in, in the sense. And like us here, for example, we are very much in, a doer company. I mean, some of the things that's been done within uh, short deadlines from clients and so on, it's super amazing and super uh, great stuff. Uh, and that's the case where it's also important to say, you know, how do we that, how do we show the value of this, the business value, what comes out of it? So being persistent on those things, um, I feel is, is super important and a, a good best practice from also the, that the data team can do so asking those questions in an early stage of of this project. Well, I would. Yeah, no, another thing I think is kind of, you say the best practice is actually having like kind of outcome-oriented uh, artifacts, like maybe op- a lot of companies go towards OKRs because the results is more measurable than kind of having checklists that um, we're going to implement the CRM, we're going to do this and this. So I think kind of having outcome-oriented uh, projects and like follow up, I think is really important as well to create mm-hmm. that yeah, as a best practice. I think that that's why a lot of companies, I think, goes towards OKRs and not kind of traditional just goals. Yeah. On that, how do you measure success your data and analytics team? Yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> that's a really, really a tough one. And uh, I've been asking myself that because uh so for our company uh data and analytics is uh, rather new but one of the things that we have done is that we have created data products that are now being consumed by our customers and that you immediately get a return on investment on that plus a lot of the products that we have designed for internal use have actually uh being being the key things for winning deals so you cannot measure that in crowns or euros or dollars or whatever but what you know is that the management knows that while this was a key factor to actually win winning a deal with a big retail chain because competitors are not capable of delivering that kind of insights. So uh, you're, you, you may not have a KPI or an OKR on that, but I think that if you have educated your uh, management team well enough on the importance of data, they will recognize that value. And that value is more of a, a it's not measured in amounts, but it's measured in what did that 
did that make a difference? And I think that's one of the the, the key ways of knowing that, well, you did a good job and, and data is actually important to your company. Yeah, I agree. It's a diff- it's a difficult thing in that what you said here. It's 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 part of what can potentially you know make or break deals or you know, yeah. but it's still a little bit fluffy, intangible. It's fluffy, thing. yeah, exactly. absolutely. And and we actually have and other things that we're doing in retail with field marketing and we are actually experiencing that that same challenge as well because you know if you if you have a team of field personnel that is trying to influence stores to sell to brands and so on. Uh, it's very indirect sales. So if you look at sales, there's thousands of things that, that influences that sales. If you look in too much uh, on efforts, then you're not really getting the right picture on what kind of quality you get out. So, so we're looking at both and saying, have a balance between Efforts, impact, and results that came out. Just results being sales. I think it's the same with when you talk about data because we can impact people, impact things that can impact things. So looking at both some effort things and see, okay, are we implementing? Are we improving things? Are we are we getting things in place that are uh, that are are better than? competitors or similar solutions, how are we there? But also that thing with you saying, like, what are the feedbacks from clients are being active on getting feedback? They are saying, well, this is a great solution. This is one of the key areas that comes from. And then maybe maybe you don't have these specific quantitative measures like uh, revenue or sales or uh, margins or something like that. But you do have something that you can talk about and then have a dialogue. Is this is this a really good solution? Are we on the right path? And yeah. so, so I think having those dialogues on, on efforts, but also looking at what are the impact that we're actually doing and how many discussions are there in it is, is also difficult to measure, but you can kind of get a feeling of and have the continuous discussions of how we're doing that. Are we seeing more of that or less of that? Yeah. One of the things that we've noticed is that while a lot of our sales engineers used to spend quite a lot of time creating reports for customers by trying to to combine data sources and and things like that, and they spent a tremendous amount of time doing that. So instead of having it this way, we created automated products that would help them to generate those uh, reports very quickly so they could actually use their valuable time for other things like maintenance and support on um, other things that were actually very important, but that ne- they never had the time to do. And just having that capability to deliver to the end customer something very quickly and at the same time being able to support them on technical things because their job is technical uh, support, not data support. That creates a lot of time to to actually up the game in other areas than just the data area. And having that knowledge 
that that is maybe it's a quality thing. It's no longer a quantity or measure in money, but uh, the quality of the services that the company actually is able to deliver. Yeah. And I, I think the focus should be as both of you said, like I think both parts, like the quantity part, quantitative parts and the qualitative parts. But in the case you just discussed, I think that there is a clear outcome in kind of time spent on preparing the reports. And then it, like that's the direct value. And then you have some indirect value yeah. that you can actually more discuss. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really, really important to have both parts. I think it's if you lose this uh, focus on kind of what outcome do you have you actually produce? And I think it's easy to to kind of uh, assume that you create value because everybody wants to create value. Nobody wants to yep. go to work and not create value. But I think driving that kind of really hard and actually following up, and it doesn't have to be everything like down to the detail number, but like having discussion on what is the value creating yep. here and yep. hopefully being able to measure it. But uh, yeah. And I've seen like it's a little bit kind of a mixed feeling regarding this because I like in like more mature companies around data analytics, it's not like the data analytics team have like you're going to create a 100 million business value. They're part of kind of just improving the business by measurability and so on. Like in more unmature companies, I more often hear like, okay, the data analytics team, you're going to drive 100 million business value. So I think it's... and you need to drive business value, but but um, yeah, and it's for me at least showing the business value is a part of kind of getting the uh, trust uh, from like company to actually becoming less uh, what do you call it like followed up on exactly how much value you create, mm. and that creates more value. Yeah. yeah. So if I ask you, how would you evaluate? Do you have a data culture in your company? Or how successful is your data culture? Not asking, but I'm curious to know that uh, what are the top three things jump into your mind when you hear an expression immediately? Sorry, I'm being spotted just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's it's a difficult question, and it is also something that we have kind of discussed discussed internally. And um, but but I really think. It is some of those like a little bit difficult to to quantify mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. you need to have a dialogue around, and you are gonna experience this. That's also what we've experienced that it takes time, mm-hmm. and uh, you're not always gonna be able to see the effects on on measurable things. Mm-hmm. But you're slowly gonna get more discussions, more dialogue. You're being invited to more more conversations. You are hearing more feedbacks from clients about, oh, this is great, uh, this thing here. Um, so, so I think it's it is some of those things, and, and it's a dialogue. And you could talk about, you know, about KPIs and so on. It's it they are very good in some contexts, but they also have their shortcomings yeah. Uh, in yeah. many things. Um, so. Um, and, and especially around, you know, how successful is yeah. data yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is an area where it's difficult to test yeah. with the APIs. Yeah. And, so. I think if you if you live in that culture, you know it. Yeah. But it's not that you can say, oh, if we have this, 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 then yeah. we have. It. So it's not really a formula we can put on the organization. No. Yeah. I think I think yeah. one part is mm-hmm. for many data teams can, can be better at also communicating their. <laughs> 
work <laughs> and what they're actually uh, contributing yeah. uh, because they, so we also talk about storytelling many data teams are not big communicators no where it's easy to have focus on all the visual stuff and and data stuff where you know that data teams just being better at say, oh, this is what we did. We participated in that to reach out that. This is, yeah. you know, these are the these are the data-driven conversations that's going on around in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the communication part to to actually make the organization know uh, what's going on with the the uh, the data team, what they're doing. Uh, is a really a key part and returning a little bit to what you said, one of the, the uh, things that I fight constantly with is while trying to convince people about the importance of a good data culture and the importance of data in, in decision making. I know you don't like that word really, but, uh, and, and, um, yeah. The importance of that and to get away a little bit from gut feeling and another one is and this one is really hard is to to really handle the unreasonable expectations of data from certain people in, in the organization they think that well this will solve everything this will turn this company in a five billion dollar company in just a year i mean slow down <laughs> especially with the hyper ai exactly exactly oh can't you uh, build this model for this yeah i could but i, I can just have a simple pandas date data frame analysis on that that will do the job just fine yeah. i think a model building that's probably the easiest yeah not easy itself but it's relatively easy but more to understand the problem yeah. and uh, link your solution to the business and to what the value you're bringing to that problem. Yeah, That's the part that everyone works in data. doesn't matter you're an engineer or, you know, data scientist or product manager. Everyone has to think about this yeah. when you have a project. Because otherwise, yeah. easily can go off the track or wasted the effort. It's mm. a beautiful art. Beautiful art. Uh, what's that word? Beautiful solution or beautiful result, but it doesn't really have any practical impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Artifact. Artifact. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll move on now to uh, the last question. Um, so, what are the primary challenges and potential obstacles that organizations commonly encounter when attempting to establish and foster a data driven culture? And how do you overcome them? Yeah, sort of. Background to this, I think we already touched on it, but I think data-driven culture is not just like a one-time project. Okay, we do this for a year and then we're done. And we have an organization that's data-driven. It's actually like hard and continuous work that needs to be yeah, done all the time. Uh, so it's quite hard to kind of build it up, but it's quite easy to kind of kill it, I would say. Uh, like to kill the spirit of being data driven, like examples is if management isn't data driven and they go by gut feeling, like why would everybody else then <laughs> want to be driven and be data driven? So I think that's the background for, for my question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I completely agree with that, that it's a long term project. It's something that is going to be uh, the blood of certain parts of the company and that you have to make everybody understand that it 
it doesn't happen overnight. This is something and for for uh, older companies that haven't had that kind of of, of mindset. It's a long term uh, uh, thing, and before you even can deliver a multitude of, of, of models or, or insights, it's going to take some time. So you have to make management understand that um, and to make others that are very resistant to that um, uh, understand that this is not going to happen overnight. Uh, I think that this is really one of the key challenges that that you can meet. Um, yeah. Another thing I was uh, thinking about when I read that question is like, well, well, resistance is one thing, and and I think that it, it is something that is, uh, uh, I think that all companies experience that. But one of the the uh, challenges that one meets is, especially for companies that haven't been that data driven, is the data quality. That if you don't have data, good data quality to begin with, anything that you will produce will be will will be rejected by anybody because it doesn't make any real sense. So having that and to work to spend a lot of time on ensuring that your quality, the data, the data quality is tip top, is really that the biggest challenge actually. We're we're moving away. From big data to good data. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Getting data is really cheap and efficient. Yeah. Data, that's not the problem. The problem is that how can you get the data quality to the level that you need and then generate the right yeah. insights from it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to have data culture in data, obviously, and the skills that's good. I know yeah. that's really not the challenging part. I think agree with you what you said that the mindset. The organization people is always the toughest part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Certain people are more open-minded, certain more and less. People have their way of thinking, way of working habit, and different opinions. As of all of this, we'll have to you know face that during this journey because a very large part of this data-driven or data culture journey is involving changing people's. Yeah. Opinions, changing yeah. people's way of working, changing people's habits, challenging people's opinions, etc., etc. It's not comfortable. That's why data people are not the most popular ones. <laughs> no, they're, they're not. The company where yeah. we're seeming negative, <laughs> like the critical, yeah. and but that's really necessary uh, yeah. because uh, if you if you know everything already, why do we need data? We don't need right yeah. data is there to tell you something you don't know, yeah. tell you that you might be wrong. Yeah, but what, one of the one of the ways to solve that is to, if you understand that the company that you're working in, if, even if you're not, you weren't there when it was created, you understand what the real core of that company is. If you manage with good quality data to actually show that what everybody already more or less knew, because this is what they had been selling the product with that type of information. If you manage to show that, to make something really impressive that will confirm what they believed in to begin with, uh, that wins over a lot of people. That, well, we had an idea that it was like this, but now we actually have the data that proves it. That makes a huge difference. And then after that, you can build uh, 
you, you, you win the trust of the people in the company. I think that's one of the key factors. You identified the core, the golden nugget, yeah. and you work on that one. Yeah. I totally, I, I, I agree with that, uh, that it's it's important to get being able to, to prove that because that is also something that you know, externally, yeah. so that, we, you know, you know, that we can stand by, okay, this is what we're doing because of this. Yeah. And uh, one, one of the other really important things that I really feel about it as well is uh, for, for the challenges part is how the organization look at performance mm. in general, mm. uh, because I've, it's I've seen different approaches to whether you look at performance and, and data, data as something that supports some accountability as we're coming into the reporting structure and, you know, you, you use data to be able to prove that you have done what you should do <laughs> versus that you're actually using it to drive the business. Mm. And, and I think there's a super big difference in what kind of impact you can get from it um, and, and, uh, and, and, and how you then are using the getting value out of the data that you, that you have. Yeah. Uh, because it, and it, it's not it's not a question of uh, not having accountability at all. It's to have the primaries. Okay, we have a business. We're going to drive it. We have we need to be curious, have curiosity to develop the business to know. Okay, what things are working? Why are they working? And being able to, as we talked about, being able to fail as well, and being that it's acceptable to do a project, do an initiative that doesn't show the result hoping for, but yeah. Yeah. maybe yeah. we learn something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as long as you fail fast. <laughs> yeah. As long as you fail. Yeah. It's not scary to fail, but if you fail fast, you restart, yeah. then you will get there. And then you have some dialogues yeah. and saying, yeah. like, yeah. Why, why did we fail? Exactly. What, what exactly. did we then do better yes. next time? Yeah, absolutely. But the failing fast is a really important thing because a business is, is still some money-making thing. Yeah. And if you spend a year on something that doesn't lead anywhere, you're going to be held accountable for that. Uh, and, and that might kill any other in, endeavors that you have planned because, well, why would we spend another $2 million on that if it's going to fail? Uh, so what we usually do, we always have a post-mortem on, on projects that we have tried but have failed. And look, where did it fail? Yeah, Learn from that. Don't do that again. So yeah, and it connects by like a little bit to what you said. Uh, for me, it's kind of like the the mindset out, output or outcome, and uh, it connects to what everybody says here. I think, but if you have output for, I think people have built their career on like just like doing things without showing like the value. <laughs> Instead, focus on kind of the outcome. It's also easier to discuss failures and like, well, what are we wanted? Well, what do we want to achieve with this project? And then kind of value it afterwards and have a dialogue regarding that. Uh, so I think a lot of companies are focused on output, just like implementing new CRM or doing this and doing this and the run and do stuff, but like don't think about like the outcome they want to achieve uh, and make it measurable as well. Yeah. And even the failure needs to be data. Yeah, because uh, people are scared of failing because of proudness, right? You link, yeah. this is my idea. Oh, it failed. Oh, I feel that that's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. But even if the idea of assumption is data-driven, it's based on insight, based on research, yeah. then you can zoom out from that 
you know, let's try this out. It's not no one's responsibility, no one's fault. It's not your thing. It's a joint decision, and let's try it out. And if it fails, let's just move on. Yeah. So yeah. You, you take away that personal part. That will make it everything much easier. Yeah. And if you focus down on the outcome, it's easier to kind of stop fix early on, I would say, as well. And kind of, then you probably want to validate that kind of assumption early on instead of kind of building. But if you don't focus on the outcome and make it measurable, I think projects uh, tend to linger on forever and like just like kind of roll on and kind of, yeah, we try to help. Yeah. So but, I think, yeah, that's but I tend to think that we as data people, are very good at actually failing fast and recognizing it's not personal. I think other areas of organizations have a harder time uh, taking themselves away from that emotional thing of failure. We just analyze the data, well, this didn't go well. Well, fine, let's move on. <laughs> let's do something else. I think that we, we are really suited for that kind of, of of not taking failure as something personal. It's just that while it didn't yeah. didn't produce what we expected. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. Yeah. I think I think that taps into a little bit another a similar thing that business people in the business uh, on business side of things may also tend to say, okay, but if I get this. Uh, intentionality, if you can call it that, or have this data around what I do, what's going to come from this? Yeah. What's, what's the thing that like now I'm in a comfortable position, I'm, I'm doing stuff, I'm putting in effort and, and that's, that's something I can control. Yeah. But suddenly if, if things are going to be, uh, be looked upon in terms of what get, do I get out of the things that I con can control, I can't control those directly. So what's going to happen with <laughs> with that? And then the, it's really important that you can talk about it in a in a curious way to say, well, we can try these things, try this thing and become better at understanding what works. If you're just you just pushed for accountability and uh, you you haven't done this, you have done that, or you haven't achieved this, uh, then I, I totally understand they would be afraid of start to look into data and to, yeah. to be curious. Of course. In, in, at the Z Parker, we often say that uh, to have a data maturity, data culture, we need to have a curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking. You have three of them, yeah. and the intersection part that's really success is yeah. good. Nice. Well, I think we'll go ahead and stop the podcast there. I'd like to say thank you so much to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. If you are hiring for a new technical role or looking for new roles, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I'm Charlotte Roberts and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at charlotte.roberts at evolution-nordics.com or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash essay. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time. Bye.